You're listening to the Geek Legacy Escape Pod. The crew coming together and gelling and becoming this like you know intergalactic family that we know and love. And wacky mayhem ensues. It just feels like they're trying so hard to capture the fans of the original series. Yeah, that was hot garbage. It, he just got like weird, like creepy uncle weird. That was a bold choice. Yeah, I, I had fun with it. It's true. It was the 80s. It must be so bad that they just never <laughs> You won't make it in the future, do they? I don't think so, no. I am not a Tashi R fan. That's probably the nicest thing I will say. That is absolutely perfect way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, geek boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Geek Legacy's Escape Pod. We are battling our way through the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, just checking it out to see if it lives up to our expectations and our our memories from childhood about how badass this series was. Uh, does season one live up to, to those high, high expectations? And so far, uh, we're pretty split down the middle. We're almost done. We've only got a couple episodes left of the season. Today, we're going to be talking about episode number 23, with only two episodes left to go after this one. Um and uh yeah we're we're almost split right down the center for for what we consider to be good episodes and bad episodes we have 12 yays and 10 nays from the first 23 episodes so uh it's still anybody's game but we're gonna have to get three nays in a row for them to pull it off i'm just saying uh so let's see if we can do that uh in this fantastic journey with me i have two of the greatest shipmates you could ever want to be marooned in an escape pod with and they are one mr justin cavender how you doing this evening sir i am fabulous randy thank you all right and mr david edmondson how are you doing i am incredible captain randy how's it going I'm I'm so stoked that we're almost done with season one. I I am ready. I'm ready for Riker's beard. I am ready for Doctor Pulaski. I am ready for all the shenanigans that season two have to offer. Um, and I and I hope that we are not let down by season two. But where we're getting ahead of ourselves, let's let's step into episode number twenty three. We'll always have Paris. Here's the little blurb for the episode according to IMDb. A scientist experiment in time goes awry, reuniting Picard with an old flame, now married to the scientist. Uh, it was rated 6.6 stars, uh, which is pretty mid-range as far as we see in uh, an IMDb. Uh, it originally aired on April 30th, 1988. And although we have uh, what appears to be a first-time director for this episode with uh, Robert Becker, we do have a return writer, Hannah Louise Shearer, who wrote last week's episode, Skin of Evil, and also wrote When the Bow Breaks. Now, both of those episodes that I just mentioned, one was a yay, one was a nay, so we're split on on the writing abilities of Hannah Louise Shearer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Or, and maybe not the writing abilities, should I say, but like the execution, the, episodes, the execution yeah. of the episodes. Yes. Yeah. So a lot can happen from when it's written to when it's actually aired. And uh, you really can't blame the writer for most of that kind of stuff. So uh, let's just go ahead and dive into the episode. We'll always have Paris. Who wants to begin? Sure. Uh, I'll start. I think. Uh, so I'm kind of on the fence on this one. And it's only because. There aren't too many times where Picard is relatable as a character. And when he goes into the holodeck to sort of relive this moment 
uh, sort of this defining moment in his early career where uh, I think any of us that were ever young and in love and maybe uh, went down a different path or maybe they went down a different path, um, I think that that's a pretty relatable thing. And he starts saying things like, you know, being, you know, weighted down or tethered. I forget what his exact words were, but something to the point of, uh, you know, if perhaps if they would have pursued this relationship, then they wouldn't be where they are today, right? And I think that that's very relatable, whether it's a, uh, when you're in high school, there's this whole idea of, of you know, you, you meet somebody and you're crazy in love and your parents just don't understand and it's going to be fine and we'll figure it out. Who cares? But meanwhile, you got this whole other life to live. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes you marry your high school sweetheart and it's amazing. It's beautiful. You have your own careers. You're able to, to work together and it's kismet, right? But other people, they, they go away to school. Maybe they go to another state or another town or whatever and their path leads them in a completely different direction. And that is 100% okay. And I do think that as I was watching this, I just started thinking about different conversations I had with, with um, people that I was dating at the time or whatever the case may be. And it really had me thinking about some, some interesting moments where I, where a choice was made, not necessarily by me or by someone else, because I, don't, I would hate to be someone in the way of, of someone else's career. You know, they have they have dreams and aspirations, and I'm not going to be a hurdle or a speed bump or anything. If anything, I'll do whatever I can to get them to those goals. So that that would be more my my train of thought. But uh, right away, that whole conversation really got me thinking. The episode as as a whole, I think, missed the mark a couple of times. But there were a few things that I did really, really, really like about it. And we can talk about that later as it happens. But my my first initial instinct got me thinking about my life, you know, 20, 25 years ago, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. And, and I think when you think about it, um, we're the perfect age to be consuming this episode. Now, um, as far as the canon goes, I don't know what age Picard is supposed to be. But we do know that this incident that he kind of goes back to relive in the holodeck is 22 years earlier. And he was pretty much just like leaving the academy to to, to go off and, you know, on his first starship or something like that. It, it was it was like this big dramatic leaving moment uh, of his, which would put him, you know, in his mid to upper 40s. And, you know, we're generally around our mid 40s now. So uh, holy crap, um, we are Picard in, in this scenario. Right. Um, and you're and you're right. It does put you in this situation where you're you're questioning all these these decisions that you made. And what I found to be the most interesting, because um, if you guys have ever seen the movie uh, Casablanca, there, there's a, a very strong similarity here between um well, I thought there was going to be a real strong similarity between Bogart's character and um, and Picard, because in Casablanca, the woman never shows up. Uh, or no, actually, this this actually is much more similar. The girls because, never no, came. No, no, uh, Bogart never went. No, I don't remember. Fuck. Um, this is another classic case of me misremembering movies and TV shows, but. I do know that it's similar in as much as they were supposed to meet. One person didn't show up and then they all end up kind of going separating parting ways, heartbroken about it. In this case, Picard was the one that didn't show up and the girl showed up, but, but he just never, never did. And he always kind of regretted that. And that's why he kind of went back to that cafe to kind of relive the moment and see like this digitally recreated person that was probably meant to be her and is talking about, Oh, he's never going to come. And, and this is a mistake. And, you know, I've, 
you know, wait here all day, that kind of thing. Um, I wonder, they, they never said for sure that that was meant to be her, but uh, it, it really definitely seems like it, it was, which kind of in a way probably only makes Picard feel even more. Uh, right, uh, an asshole. <laughs> well, not only an asshole, but yeah, just, yeah, he just feels guilty about it, you know? Right. Like, oh, shit. Sees this poor distraught I, young I don't girl. know how the computer would have known that, you know, she was waiting for him, unless it's just some sort of, this is just a scenario that he's relating to. Yeah, he's very specific. He's like, all right, I want this cafe 22 years ago. Here's the date, 1500 hours, three o'clock PM. (laughs) Like he's like dead on with the time and everything. It's like, and and that made me think, because like if the girl that he was supposed to meet is there without him specifically telling the the holodeck to to program her in there, um, it's like, what is out there recording all of these different locations and all these different people in these places at these times, having these conversations that is then all fed into this holiday. I mean, it's obviously thing. the COVID vaccine. That's how they track you, Randy. Well, that right. and the 5G, of course. Um, so, I mean, we are starting now. What, what we are doing now, the shit that's inside of our bodies now is paving the way for the holiday. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but that that is a really interesting way of, of looking at it. Like, that can't possibly be her, right? Uh, is it just a coincidence? Who knows? It's it's. I guess we'd have to look at the cast list and. and there are no coincidences, there. Randy. We'd have to look and see if she's uh, actually listed as a, a young Janice. Was her name? Um, Janice Mannheim. But anyway, it's it's interesting um, how it's just kind of a, a a reversal. Usually, the person that we're meant to to relate with is the one that gets left behind the one that, you know, the, the significant, significant other never shows up. Not, we're not usually meant to, to, to feel with the one who does the standing up. That was the big significant thing that I got out of that particular interaction. What about you, Dave? I I mean, I'm thrilled that you guys got, that much out of it. Um, I, I just spent most of it just kind of bored to tears. Um, you know, I, I don't live my life with any regrets, no regrets. You know, I live my mind. I'm like Dominic Toretto. I live my, my, my life a my, half quarter mile at a time. Um, I, I, I appreciate that they were trying to give more to Picard. You know, obviously Patrick Stewart is an incredible actor. Um, you know, we are going to grow to love everything that is Captain Picard. Uh, but this one I just I just wasn't really connecting with on any kind of real level, um, so I just found myself my, my mind kind of wandering the whole time. Like like oh, it's my I tried to leave my phone in the other room. I'm like yeah, I wonder if Justin texted. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so again I, I'm not I don't I'm sorry I don't have much to add. It's just it was just kind of I found the A plot and the B plot just kind of kind of boring. I got a little irritated that. Um, it seemed like uh, like like Doctor Crusher was getting like kind of jealous at this girl mm-hmm. who Picard. You know they're not romantically involved, and the Picard you know stood up all these years later. You know you would think she'd be excited, like oh yeah, he stood her up. So because he knew one day she was he was going to find me or something. But yeah, right. So I th- I think what's interesting, I think the most interesting thing is how the two tie together, and not just with characters, but the concept of time. Right? It's one of the one reason why couples break up or they stop dating is because it's just a it's not the right time you know that like for example there's someone with like in my life that 
we never dated just because of a timing issue. We never took that chance. We never did this. We never did that. It was just never the right time. And then fast forward in this episode, and it's all about time, right? And it's like breaking down. And what what is happening? We're having all this weird multiverse shit happening. And I thought that was kind of, I equated that, uh, you know, their relationship not working because of timing. And then now, you know, he's saving her as the universe is sort of having these weird hiccups. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it, it's important to kind of set the stage on what the um, I don't know would this would the whole time thing with Doctor Manheim be considered the A story and the love story be the B story? That's probably the case because uh, on the surface, um, the Enterprise is going to this. Well, they're following a series of distress beacons um, to to track down this Doctor Manheim who uh, is known for for having these crazy theories and and experiments with uh, the concept of time. Um, and uh, the Enterprise is first kind of alerted to it um, and made aware that holy shit, maybe something's actually happening because they have like this deja vu moment, this hiccup where uh, time repeats itself uh, for just a, just a moment, just a brief moment. But everybody, every, it happened for everybody. It wasn't just a hallucination. It wasn't just affecting certain people. And they were able to talk to other nearby ships and, and uh, establishments and, and find out that, okay, so it's happened within like a seven light year range or whatever um, as they're tracking down the beacon to where uh, Mannheim is doing his work on this planetoid. It looks like an asteroid basically with a lab set up and it's just dr manheim and and his wife aka picard's ex are the only two survivors um so when they beam him up manheim's practically dead he's like going into convulsions and as he's laying on dr crusher's table in sickbay he's talking about being between two worlds he can he's stuck between two worlds um he's talking about like interdimensional travel he's not talking about a multiverse necessarily but that's absolutely the idea of it is a multiverse um and uh there's all these like uh, security protocols down on the ground preventing an away team from going and um trying to fix things down on the ground trying to set things right kind of going back into the doctor's lab and harnessing this power that's emanating like from the core of this planetoid um and between that and like this nearby uh uh pulsar um a, what do they call it when there's two 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 stars a it's a pulsar, but they had a name for it. Like a binary star? Oh, thank you. A binary star. Thank you. I've seen Star Wars. Um, <laughs> yeah, binary sunset. Um, and we had an episode binary here uh, with those little people <laughs> yeah. talking, their, talking their ones and zeros. Yeah. Um, but anyway. <laughs> so, so one, um, one, zero, zero, one, zero, zero, one. Thank <laughs> you, the name thank of the you for reminding me. <laughs> Reminding me of which I wanted to forget. Um, so anyway, just you were to kind a yay, I think, on that one. I think I was, yeah. Because <laughs> we're talking an awful lot about about the love story here, but I just wanted to set the stage for anybody who might be listening to this who didn't actually watch the episode. That's that's how Picard and his his ex are reintroduced because it turns out she married this Doctor Mannheim guy and went off to. Uh, to, to be with him and help him conduct these, these wild, crazy experiments in time. And uh, turns out that he's been so focused on his work that he's kind of neglecting her. And, you know, she's kind of, kind of digging on Picard again. Looks like hubby might be dead. Maybe a little something's going to happen. So I can understand why Dr. Crusher was a little bit, uh, a little bit jealous, maybe. Um, so that's going to make her fight even harder. Even, even the hubby back. said like, Hey, something happens to me, you take care of her. Exactly. Right. 
Right. And we've seen that, but we, you know, we've seen that before too, in the um, too short a season, the, you know, the wife had, had waited her whole life to just spend time with her, her husband, who was like an admiral at this point. And then he drinks the immortal serum stuff. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> what about me, man? We're yeah. He drank her life dose. together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What yeah. the fuck, man? That's the thing, right? Like how much time do we really have? And this asshole is over here playing with it. You know, okay, right. kid finding matches. I'm sure he has the best of intentions, but you know, don't they always with time travel? Exactly, they always start. start we spent 42 intentions. minutes of our, our limited time on this planet watching this. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we can all have an idea how David's going to vote for this one, right? I'm a hard, hard yay. Um, a hard yay. No, I heard, yeah, I heard yay. I said yay, but I was kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm marking it. I'm marking it down. It's official. Yeah, mark the mark it zero. Well, one thing I did like about it though was when they had these little hiccups, we we never followed the original one. It was always sticking to either a newer one or maybe even a middle one, which I thought was very interesting. I was like, what the fuck? Like, it's almost like you know we were caught in it too, and we started losing track of things. Like, you know, follow. Where's where's the where's the ball in the cup, you know, and they're mixing it all up. Yeah. And and I thought that was really cool, especially when you know they got in the turbo lift and then they have this conversation, and they see themselves like, what the fuck? And then it follows the new trio. It follows yeah. the new Picard, yeah. Riker, and Data. And uh, I thought that was really weird. And then when when Data's on the in the lab, it goes with the middle one to save the day. And I was like, What? Everything that I know about time is is literally just you know, flipped on its head, and I I can appreciate that. I thought that was fun. It yeah, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. it shifted from the normal uh, that we would see on TV. Totally. Yeah, Dana That's was like, "Which one is which one of us for. is the right one?" And the one's like, "I think it's me." I'm like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah." And they're all going to go on based on, "Yeah, I think it's me," and they're they're going to trust him. Yeah, and it works. Oh, so I guess. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, out of my whole entire crew, Data is probably the one that you're going to to trust in a pinch. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, it ends with, uh, with data saving the day and, um, the timeline being returned to normal and Dr. Mannheim, uh, who fun side note, uh, the actor that plays him is Rod Loomis, who is also, uh, Dr. Sigmund Freud in, uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, which I had no idea. I had no idea. Justin just found out at the beginning of this episode. It's awesome. Um, so there for any of you Bill and Ted fans, that's that's reason enough to want to watch the episode, right? I think if, so. <laughs> <laughs> David's like, no, no, there's no there's nothing that can make me watch this episode again. Um yeah. well it's funny, my favorite part was there was a joke at the end. I've already forgotten the joke. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh uh, David, I think the joke you might be referring to is when Janice is trying to leave the holodeck. Um she so so at the very end, uh, Picard sets up the same holodeck record uh program as before where it's this cafe where he abandoned her 22 years earlier and they're going to have the date that they never had he's got champagne it's like hey congratulations your husband didn't die um you guys can go back to your research blah 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 um and they just kind of have this like little moment and then she's just like all right well i'm gonna go i'm not gonna sit here and indulge in like what may have been and then she just kind of has this one-liner as she leaves and it was like this kind of grand romantic exit and then like the door doesn't appear until picard like looks at her kind of cocks his head and like points his finger whatever boom then the door appears and she's like well so much for a a grand romantic exit um 
and then she she leaves as normal. I think is that the joke that you were thinking? Yeah, I, I just remembered it was at the end when there so wasn't really a joke. Uh, they're talking about the they're going to shore leave and they're going to this bar and um, oh yeah yeah and Troy's like oh they sell this like blue drink and someone else knows the name of, or maybe it's Riker says oh they sell this blue drink and Troy's like oh yeah that's uh, so that's on the so and so planet it's called this drink and then Picard's like oh yeah that's at this bar uh, first round's on you or something like that so yeah so yeah it's like this they're talking about this blue concoction and like yeah one of them knows the name or Riker knows the name of the drink and then uh troy was like yeah there's like this nudie bar all male review kind of thing um and then in between it is this bar well i can't remember the name of the bar and uh picard's the one that speaks up oh yes it's the blue parrot it's like shenanigans um, you talking about shenanigans yeah exactly that's exactly you, you, it. you know i'm a yeah. sucker for blue drink and I and I think it's funny because uh, I'm not exaggerating when when Troy was talking about like a nude a nude titty bar or like a male titty bar kind of place, you know. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but um, yeah, she was talking about it. Definitely sounded like a Chippendales kind of place. Anyway, doesn't really matter, but it, it was kind of a joke and it was kind of silly, and I appreciated it. Right. And yeah, you know, uh, back to the whole Casablanca thing. You know, it is very much like a parallel, uh, like you were saying. Yeah, the in fact, that's like a line. Like we'll always have Paris in yeah. Casablanca. So I mean, you're right there. Except their courtship ended because of uh, fucking the Nazis were invading. Nazis. <laughs> that's, right, right. That's different than I'm gonna go hop on a starship. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of nice when she kind of called him out. Like, you didn't want to be with me because you didn't want to be ordinary. Like, you knew you were destined for something better, and so, in subconsciously, you didn't meet up with me because you didn't want to be ordinary. I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of a an interesting character moment. Do you think it would have been more compelling if she was the one that didn't show up, and and he's just trying to remember it in a, in a different way, um, to where she had this exciting opportunity, and and he was the one that was. You know, smitten, and and he was stood up at the cafe, and then he got to be like neener, neener, neener. I'm the captain of the Enterprise. Yeah, it's rolling up in his leather jacket. <laughs> well, it it depends what her her reason would have been. You know, if you know, well, she went off and married this guy. I mean, she went yeah. off on research with him, and and then. But, but but let's say she didn't show up because she's like, look, I knew you were destined for better things, and I didn't want to weigh you down. And I know that you know, had I stuck around, that's what would have happened, you know. Right, but I, I mean, uh, that would that would suck because he should be able to make that. I mean, regardless, whoever should be able to make that decision uh, for themselves, as opposed to someone else making it for you. Plus, this is '80s television. It would have never been that way. It would have been like. Uh, have to have to be the girl making that the heartfelt decision. The Picard, you're too great for me. Uh, I never loved you. Go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm having that guy's baby over there. <laughs> that would have been bad. All right, are we ready to vote? Yeah, let's do it. I'm a nay, I'm a nay. It's obvious I'm a nay. This was maybe my one of my least favorite episodes of this season. Oh my goodness, that's Hard saying a court. lot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I was in like the I, so I'm like, did I just was I in a bad mood? I was in like the best mood when I watched this too. Like I was just flying high. You know, we had uh, some some relatives over today who we hadn't seen in a while. I was so excited to, to visit with them and have dinner with them. Uh, so I should have just been really into this episode, and I just wasn't. Sucked all the joy out. That's sad. What about you, Randy? Ah. <sighs> 
I am really on the fence still. I am still on the fence. Um, if I had to make a snap judgment, um, I would probably fall on the nay side as well. Just because as, as as good as the story could have been and as much, you know, as there were bits of it that I did relate to, um, I did find myself getting bored a lot, checking my phone a lot, kind of like David was talking about. <laughs> um, and and that that's usually if I'm sitting there glued to an episode, that's how I know it's a definite yay for me. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go that I, I could have been turned, but I don't think uh, I don't think it was compelling enough to change my mind. I'm going with nay. All right. That's fair. Uh, I'm a nay as well. Not that it matters, uh, but uh, this episode actually took me two days to watch. <laughs> I started it, got about halfway. And I was like, I can't do this. I didn't even think I got halfway. I got like 14 minutes into it. And then I was like, eh, I'll watch this another day. And then I finished it. And then, um, like, there were a couple parts that I really liked, but it wasn't enough to to seal the deal. But I did think it was cool that they were going with different timelines each time when they had to save something or, or move forward. So that was really cool. Well, I'm sorry none of you liked this episode. Well, that's okay. I, I did because we, we had a little bit of time before we recorded. I, I did watch like probably a third of the next episode and uh, it seems pretty good. So uh, I think we'll be excited to watch this next episode. It's called Conspiracy. Ooh, Ooh Conspiracy. So yeah, yeah you know what? This uh, Looking at uh, IMDb here, that one is rated 8.1. I want to say that's the highest rated episode of the season. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't uh, even think any of them have been close that close to eight. I mean, I mean, I was super compelled. Like, had we, If we weren't going to record, I would have finished the episode probably. <laughs> Which would have meant I'd have to watch it again next week just so I could talk about it. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to watch it. Yeah, um, no joke. That is the highest rated episode of the season. Uh, as David was saying, it's called Conspiracy. Uh, and the blurb is, after diverting to a secret meeting with an old friend and some of Starfleet's finest commanders, Picard finds the Horatio blown or the Horatio which I'm assuming is a ship the Horatio blown to bits just hours after the meeting and he returns to the Enterprise to Earth looking for answers so yeah intrigue explosions and Horatio Hornblower <laughs> he find I, I maybe I didn't read the the the, the in there he's like he, he finds Horatio blown I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> I can confirm it's the name. It's the name of a ship. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, who the fuck is Horatio? Did they get another uh, chief engineer? They're cycling through them like crazy. There was another one in this episode too, by the way. I don't remember his name, and and IMDb doesn't even have it. Uh, <laughs> Wikipedia doesn't even have it listed. Just transporter chief Lance Spellerberg is the dude that played it, but he had a, another random name in this episode. I swear to God, every episode's a new goddamn engineering chief or transporter chief. Anyway, I digress. Until next time, folks, uh, thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the Geek Legacy podcast if you like stuff that's good and geeky and fun. Um, we talk about all of those things and then some. Come back next time. Maybe we'll disappoint you a little less. 